what does it take to get from a corporate career and be successful in real estate? My guest this week, Prashant Kumar, uh, has a combination of, I think I'm going to give it the three M's. So 3M is a big corporate company, but in this case, it's mindset, marketing, and meditation. And I think you're going to enjoy hearing how Prashant has moved from uh, corporate America to multifamily investing and some of the things that he's implemented and used to successfully grow a business in a few short years. Enjoy the episode. You're listening to the REI Branded Podcast, helping you build your real estate personal buyer. If you want to stand out from the crowd, attract the right leads, right partners, and right clients every time, you're in the right place. My name is Paul Kopkut, and each week we'll be looking to decode and uncover what makes you, the real estate business owner, brandtastic. Each episode is intended to be valuable, cut to the chase, and actionable, so you can spend less time marketing your business and still get the results you want. Thank you for listening. Now let's get to work on making you brandtastic. Okay, and welcome to this week's edition of the REI Branded Podcast. And I am very pleased to introduce you to this week's guest, Prashant Kumar, who is a successful multifamily operator. He actually comes to multifamily operating with 25 years plus experience from corporate America, which we're going to kind of ask him a little bit about and how he's made the transition. Um, and they spent a lot of his time analyzing income and expenses, calculating net operating income and calculating purchase price based on NOI and market cap rate. So he's used a lot of that corporate experience to transition into his real estate uh, industry business. And he acquires and holds stable income-producing multifamily apartment complexes in emerging US markets with long-term capital appreciation. And he does this through joint ventures and syndication deals. And along with multifamily, he also has some interest in assisted living properties, which is a, a burgeoning market. Uh, and in addition to his personal 84 units, uh, Prashant has uh, equity ownership in more than 1,200 other units. He also runs a meetup in New York and runs online masterminds with many groups. And he lives in Long Island with his wife, daughter, and son. So welcome, Prashant. Thank you so much, Paul. Thanks for having me on your podcast. I appreciate your time today. You're very welcome. So uh, perhaps kick off. Tell us a little bit about you know, your corporate background how you made that transition into real estate, why, what happened, how did you get into real estate, and how you've used that corporate experience. What really happens, Paul, uh, is basically you know, when we are working uh, in a corporate world or doing a W-2 job, our mindset is based on the income that we make, right? We get two weeks off. Uh, other than that, if you don't work, you don't get paid. Uh, so we are very focused on that, you know, whatever money you make, what is your budget, how much you're going to spend, how much you're going to save. And you cannot think of not having a paycheck coming next month, right? Because everything is kind of dependent on that. And you know how corporate America is. If you work for them, you are loyal for them. And I'm not against anybody. They pay you. But when they don't need you, they, they, they leave you high and dry, right? 
and that happens every day you know whatever whatever maybe your skill set hopefully doesn't happen with anybody um so they leave you high and dry and then then you go and look for other jobs and many times you know you have trouble finding other jobs and stuff like that basically so it is very very dependent on somebody else you know we are trading our time and when the when both of each other's need is satisfied you get paid the day their need is they don't need you they're not going to pay you they just let you go like that you know in a, in a split, split second so the point is what is that we are creating for ourselves in this life right i mean we have worked for tens tens of years with these companies have we created something that was the idea that started bothering me um uh, you know lately you know when i quit my job and i was thinking you know what have i created for myself i mean uh, this is that what i really wanted to do all my life so that brought me to some you know eye opening moments and i said listen i have to have something on the side which makes money for me for me to survive even if i am not working right i mean forget about the job i'm not i don't want to be dependent yes i want to work uh, for as long as i can but i didn't want to be dependent on the money that comes from my job so that helped me to think uh, and start getting into real estate uh, like everybody else you know uh, a lot of people do that and they understand this a lot of people understand this but you have to take a leap of faith and jump into it and go bigger that way you can replace your income sooner than later people take tens of years keep doing this on the side buy one house at a time blah 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 one year one house and your 10 12 house you have wasted one decade um you know you have 10 houses but still you you have not replaced your income so i mean in my in my case i stopped buying single family homes you know in in first three first six months i said this is not worth my time i cannot buy uh, i cannot go to the bank and and beg for you know loans which is dependent on my cash flow my cash personal w2 income not the property income i mean i can buy bigger assets now and they don't care about what i make on my w2 job in fact i don't have a w2 job uh, anymore so i wanted to do something of that sort and you know as you know i started thinking about it i started connected with the right people right mentors a lot of people had me i helped a lot of people on the way and i jumped into multifamily where i could scale my portfolio just by one building even if i buy one building in a year that's good enough you know it can create me uh, some income um, or, or or i mean syndication whatever it creates more income for me than just buying a single family home so do you think you do you think you the fact that you had that kind of bigger corporate mindset or or experience helped you think bigger straight away versus you know if yeah. we if we're sort of in a smaller i had more yeah. company smaller job then maybe we're we're less prepared to kind of think in the bigger and you know that corporate america that's how it builds is leverage yes i mean that's that's what they're doing all the time and yeah. that's how companies get large is the leverage yeah i think it's a very good question nobody has asked me that way but yes to your point uh you know buying a single family home was too small for me because i mean i have been working in these bigger companies i be, look at bigger numbers i look at bigger i deal with hundreds of people in teams you know my team or somebody else's team so for me you know i was like man i'm i'm getting at the bottom i'm starting from the bottom here 
I need to do something which is bigger than, I mean, I mean any 17-year-old kid can do what I started doing, right? Uh, any 18-year-old kid go and go and buy a house. What is that I'm doing at the age of 40, 45, right? So, so I said, buddy, it's not going to, I don't want to start my career from, from the bottom. I have to start it from, uh, you know, where I can utilize what I have gained in this life, right? I mean, my contacts, my experience, my mindset. So that's the most important part, my mindset to scale it to a different level. So right. in any case, I mean, I, I'm not saying that a 17-year-old cannot, 18-year-old cannot have that mindset. What I'm saying is, if an 18-year-old year, can have that mindset, which I have now, they can go much bigger in their lives, you know. Right. And, I, right. and that's what I, I kind of communicated to all my friends, followers, you know, that guys think bigger. Forget about whether, it is, whether you have only small percentage in the deal. Look at the deal. You will open up your mind, you know. Now, now I'm at a point. It used to be a, there used to be a time when you know thinking about a million dollar deal was a big thing. Oh man, it's too big of a deal for me. And uh, you know, as you start doing those deals, you know, bigger than million, ten million, fifteen, twenty. Now, twenty five million is you know I'm, I'm I mean I have not gone beyond that yet, beyond forty, fifty million, but. Um, but, uh, and I'm not that big either uh, in any way, please don't take that. I'm very big guy in any case, I'm, I'm a small guy on the side of the street. Uh, but my, your mindset is important. I, I can think bigger numbers. I can play with bigger numbers. I can. And it, yeah. And it sounds like you're thinking bigger as well. Okay, you meant, I mentioned at the beginning that you've now started to look at assisted living, uh, which I think we all realize is a market that's only going to grow. Yeah. Um, is that the reason that you've started to look into that? Yeah. So multifamily is definitely an asset class, which where I do all the work, you know, you see my realty gains, multifamily realty gains, my websites and stuff. Uh, but I started looking into assisted living space also. Uh, as a matter of fact, we have a couple of cover project in the contract right now. Um, and, um, you know, Barrier to entry is harder there. That's why a lot of people have not gone into that. It is still open space. You can just go buy a place and convert into why, a system. Why is, it, why is it harder? What's the uh, barriers? See, barrier is basically your experience. It's your mindset. I mean, in my mind, it is really a mindset. People are scared of, you know, everybody, everybody knows the market, real estate market, right? whether it's a single family or multifamily residential market, everybody knows it. You, you, you give it to somebody else, they pay the rent for you to live in. Nobody thinks about assisted living because assisted living is more of a business where you take care of your tenants. In, in residential market, you don't take care of your tenants, right? Um, you just give them the key and forget about, I mean, not forget about them, but at least your money starts coming in and you go fix the things when they are broken. But in a, in a assisted living space, um, it is basically you are on the horn all the time. You are taking care of the people on the, who, are, who are your tenants. But one, one thing people don't understand, whether it is a multifamily or assisted living, you would have an operator managing them. Right. So, so what I'm saying, it's really a mindset, so to say. Right. People are scared of looking into that space because 
yes, they are lenders which are not so open. They want to see your experience. Um, they are, you know, they are, you know, all, all kinds of, uh, you know, as you go in, you you try to realize, find out that yes, it is slightly difficult market to get in, but it is easier from a competition standpoint. That's why it is easier because not many people are getting in. People want to get in, but they are not able to operate for whatever reason. Um, that's why, you know, for them, it feels like it's a business. You know, they will be involved more. And w- why not? I mean, if something is making money for you, why not? I mean, get involved in that, you know, um, rather than buying multifamily, you can buy assisted living. And from an accounting standpoint, it's the same accounting. Yes, you'll have to fill some papers, which your operator will do. You are still collecting the check. You still have investors. Is slightly different kind of um, uh, portfolio. But I think it has, because, because of less competition, um, I'm just exploring um, you know, to see how this will go. Uh, right. um, I've got, you know, as I said, I'm looking into a couple of projects right now. Uh, and I will continue see how that comes comes along uh, in 2022. Right. And you mentioned earlier about mentors. Um, how how important was that to you? Getting good mentors and, and and maybe even mentoring other people now. Yeah. So I mean, it is it is very important to have a good mentor. You know, uh, with with the help of a mentor, you can make bigger decisions easily. You know, when you are in a mentor. Uh, when somebody you are you know you are a mentee or you are a mentor you, you are in a group then you have access to the network right uh, so and and you have to learn i mean you cannot you know it's not it is easier to be in a group and and do the things with consent rather than you making a mistake and find yourself that you made a mistake right it's a bigger it's a bigger game, right? It is not a single family home. Even if you messed it up, you would lose ten, twenty thousand dollars Here, if you mess it up, you will lose your shirt <laughs> easily. <Right. laughs> so, so better thing is to be in a group or in a mentorship program of some sort. I mean, it doesn't have to be paid or somebody whom you look up to, right? Somebody, you know, you, you basically take opinion from them, discuss your problems with them. Uh, to understand what should you be doing. Uh, that is an important part. Right. And you mentioned syndication. Um, what are the challenges around a syndication business versus you're taking full responsibility for something? How, how do you market and brand yourself differently when you're in a, a syndication situation? I just wanted to take a moment to talk to you about strategy and how you can use a one-page document to really lay out the plans, the vision, the values, and the steps that you need to implement an effective strategy for your business. It's a free one-page sheet that you can download from my website. If you just go to the bottom of any of the podcast episodes in October of 2021, uh, then you'll see a form at the bottom of that uh, podcast episode, and you can download the form there. Enjoy. Back to the show. So, 
So, I mean, we do syndication for almost everything, you know, whatever we do. Mm-hmm. So, and in syndication, you know, people have to trust you, right? And your branding is very important uh, from that perspective. Um, I'm doing a lot of stuff. Um, and that is effective also in some capacity. I do not know whether I'm doing it correctly or not. Uh, I'm hoping that it is correct. <laughs> I'm just being. I'm just being honest. Uh, but I think important thing is an organic growth. As you come in contact with with new people, you kind of, you know, you you boost them, you help them out, you create an aura of knowledge sharing and that's how people invest with you right so it is more of an organic process than just uh you know than just uh, uh basically nobody's going to invest with me if i'm if they don't trust me so you have to continue to do the right thing and what sort of things are you doing to to build that trust what See, as, as I said, you know, in my intro also, you mentioned that I have a couple of meetups here in New York. I do, um, I, I, I do a lot of masterminds with the folks. I have my newsletters, uh, you know. Uh, so these are the things, basically, newsletters. Uh, I go to conferences um, and uh, uh, masterminds, meetups, um, these are the things that I'm doing. I do not know what else can we do. Can we do more? Should we do more? Yes, definitely. But how much more can I do with limited amount of time that we have? Right. And are you targeting accredited investors? Would that be? We are in both places. We are targeting accredited as well as non-accredited both. So we have 506B as well as 506C, both kind right. of uh, deals. And what about marketing automation? Are you using anything to help? You, as you mentioned, you know, that's one of the biggest challenges I think real estate investors and, and all of us face is yeah. there's only 20, we, we all only have 24 hours in the day and we can <laughs> fill it with a lot of different things. Yes. Um, no, I do, I do have some funnels and stuff which I have created, you know, some ebooks and you know, some branding material, you know, seven-day email course, um, you know, some things of that that nature i have done uh, you know folks come in my funnel they keep on you know traveling i have calling campaigns i have um, you know uh, uh, referral campaigns uh, i have my regular newsletters you know uh, all, all sort of uh, all sort of uh, regular things basically like what everybody does so i have those things and I have a marketing company who manages some of that for me. I write a lot of stuff myself. They manage the background. I manage some of it too. Uh, but all in all, all in all, something has to be done, right? It has to continue to do it until you find the results. That's my... About, so it's about consistency as well. You, you, you don't know what's necessarily going to work or attract somebody at the right time. Yeah, I think it is... As long as you- yeah, it is more of a timing thing, you know, when somebody has money and they're looking for and you have a deal and you have posted in a newsletter and they will say, oh, I'm willing to invest with you um, or, or whatever, you know, that it, it's just a timing thing. Um, uh, and I, I mean, yeah, that's all it is, basically. Right. So if we were looking at, if you were talking to an 18-year-old or a 21-year-old, 
having a bigger mindset is obviously something you'd be recommending they have. What else would you say to somebody who's newer to investing? What are the important things that they need to keep in mind? See, what I feel is, um, I mean, I would not suggest sitting year old to go and invest. What I would suggest is learn your ropes first, right? Do your homework and learn somewhere, uh, even if you have to do a job for somebody, work with somebody to learn how, how it works out, how it works out eventually, right? So first of all, I'm, I'm a proponent of education, finish your education, you work somewhere, somewhere else, start investing with somebody else. And in that process, you start buying something for yourself and, and then get into the business rather than you know, quitting everything unless, unless there's a godfather there who has money to give it to you too. <laughs> so yes, to your point, do I encourage my kids? Yes, I encourage them all the time. I, I give them the books to read. They read it. They tell me their perspective. Do I want them to start right away uh, before their education is over? No. I would want them to finish their education because it is for me, you know, what I'm doing. But for younger generation, I would give them their the advice, which is, which is, which will take it further for them, not just my advice, which is, you know, maybe they'll end up losing something, you know. But, so the point is, finish your education, do your homework, work with somebody for a year or two, so that you understand how it works. Because if you are very green, you don't even know how to work. You don't even know what are your work ethics, you know. And somebody has called you, it is your responsibility to respond to them. It's not like, like you know, 18-year-old, 16-year-old kid not responding to your parents and thinking that everything is fine, right? So those things are important in life, you know, and they come when you work for somebody. Uh, so uh, all in all, I mean, I... I'm not a big proponent of somebody starting the work on day one. Take your time and and learn right. with in a in a working environment, real working environment, and then jump into it. Right. You mentioned your your meetup groups. Have you been able to? I'm assuming some of that time you've not been able to meet in person. Oh yeah. What's, yeah. What we've been going through yes, for the last yeah. eight, eighteen months. Yes. Um, yeah. We were able to transition to more of a digital offering. Yeah, I mean, my meetup groups were earlier on the ground. You know, I used to meet in library, but for the last two years, we have been meeting only online. You know, I had webinars. I was interviewing a lot of people like what you are doing, but I was more like live webinars uh, discussing mm -hmm. different topics. Um, so kind of a podcast, but more of a live version of it. Um, uh, so that's all I have been doing. Uh, recently, you know, I got a little busy for the last two, three months. I have, you know, kind of uh, put a hold on that little bit uh, because of uh, some work that I have, I'm working, some things that I'm working on. Um, but mostly digital. Do I want to start uh, back? Yes, as soon as the, as soon as it opens up outside, you know, people are feel. I know people are fearless, but I don't want to get into a situation where somebody is sick because of the meetings. Um, so the basic idea is to uh, to do it carefully uh, when, for others, for myself too. Um, and, you know, I'll start it again. I mean, physical, my meetup. 
yeah, I think there's a lot of pent up demand for us to get back and meet with people because we're we're humans, you know. We social interaction is part of who we are and what makes us up. And I think that, I think that also I, I'm assuming you mentioned it's part of your kind of marketing as well because it's that it's no like trust. It's it's building relationship. It's being seen as the the guide versus the expert necessarily, but more you're adding value to, to somebody's knowledge. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, once you, once you add value to somebody else's uh, life, then they start treating you, looking at you differently than right. just, you know, just a normal pomp and show, you know? So physical meetup is very important. I know digital people do it all the time. But I feel like it's still lesser credible than than the physical meetup in my mind. There's a few questions I have for that I like to ask my guests. Um, what favorite brand? What's your favorite brand or personal brand, and and why? See, I have not discussed it, um, but I am into meditation. My, my my I mean, my life revolves around that. And there's a, there's an organization called Heartfulness. Heartfulness. Um, I mean, to me, that's the biggest brand in my life. You know, there are maybe maybe a couple of million people who are part of the organization, and it's everywhere on the web or whatever. <laughs> we have our own digital teams, you know, so to say. <laughs> they are bigger than any corporate in the world. Uh, it's a non-profit organization, no money involved. To me, that's the biggest brand for me. And what is it you enjoy about meditation? What does it give you? See, you have to you have to create a balance, right? I mean, yes, you are living in this world, but if you take a step back for for ten minutes and think about why am I doing this? What is the real purpose of doing what you are doing? You would realize that whatever you are doing, you are doing it for, I mean, I don't think you are doing it for yourself. You are doing it for the family that you have around you or the folks around you, right? You are, you are earning money, but you are, are you really enjoying it? To me, uh, to, I mean, at least in my mind, you know, I don't enjoy, enjoy any of the, uh, you know, material success. I'm just doing it because you can have a better better society you know better place in the society for others so to say you know so what is what is in it for me am i internally satisfied right so for me i need to nurture my inner self i have to grow i have to grow like externally i have to grow i have to grow internally as well like and for that i need to meditate there is no other way you know, I, yes, I can read good books, but they are only in the mind. And I'll forget after two, three weeks. I need something permanent which can continue, make me a better human being, better parent, better father, but most importantly, better me. Right. I'm becoming better. Okay. And, you know, that, that's all. I mean, that, when I meditate, I, I just forget about I mean, the goal is to forget about everything else. You need to take a break. Break from the physical world, go, go, to, go somewhere else. So what we do, we take vacation, right? We run away from this world and go to vacation where I don't have to think about what is this mess going on. 
in a way in a way when i sit in meditation i'm not worried about the world i'm 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 disconnected from that so it's a vacation time for me so i you know i mean in a very mundane way i don't need vacation because whatever you achieve during vacation you are achieving it is you are separation you are separating yourself from this day to day grind and utilizing the time for yourself you mentioned books so do you have a favorite book or podcast that you like see i have many many books i have um, there's a book called heartfulness way that is for my meditation side of my personality heartfulness way uh, other than that you know i read a lot of books you know from joe fairless you know his apartment syndication book um, there are a lot of people who have written a lot of books um, i mean in fact i have bought only one book which is joe fairless's book other than that uh, i mostly spend time reading my books related to my meditation um, uh, because i like that part i mean that's an important part of my life other things i learn from find people like you you know i talk to somebody and learn one or two things here and there uh, there's only so much i can learn from uh, from books i have to practice everything right so right do you have a favorite business tool or resource that you're using at the moment that you're enjoying using so so i am actually uh, signing up becoming a ccim commercial uh, real estate uh, designation and they have uh, resources like ESI, esri or ssi to do business these are the good resources i have bureau of labor statistics or yeah department of labor uh, you know and so th- these are the ones which i use most often in my uh, analysis you know looking at the demand and supply um, and the, i i mean when i underwrite something i look at demand i look at the supply uh, and without that i don't do the financial analysis you know if there's no demand um, then there's no need to do the financial analysis you know so which, which markets are you looking at at the moment because you mentioned uh, looking at kind of um, expanding I'm, markets yeah i'm i'm currently looking at uh, san antonio mm-hmm. and that's on the actually a little bit on the higher side you know cap rates are declining there but i am in a contract in a deal in san antonio right now and i plan to look at a little bit more maybe one or two more deals there um and then i'm looking at arizona uh, i'm i'm my focus is going towards assisted living slowly uh in 2022 i will evaluate my direction um I'll continue to work on San Antonio. I'll continue to work on Indianapolis and Atlanta and Florida. Uh, and based on that, I will decide where I want to go, go in 2023. Right. But as of right now, as I said, you know, how many things can you do? Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> you all you all have 24 hours in a day, right? You cannot just keep on doing. You know, you have to we have to enjoy what we right. do too right so true very uh, true yeah time will come and uh, you know hopefully i'll be able to uh, expand those uh, market selections but right now a couple of markets basically right and do you have a favorite quote my favorite quote is the more i do the more i realize how little i do 
Is that your quote or is that from somebody? I think I, I made it up for myself. Right. Uh, and so the more I, the more I do, the more I realize how little I do. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, I can, I can, I can, I can put that in any situation. I can put it in meditation. Hundred percent, it works. I can put it in uh, in any in, in podcasting. Just for this hack, you know. Right. Just for the hack, let's just put it in this situation. The more you podcast, the more you realize that you can do more. Right, right? Uh, that you are you are doing less. So right. uh, I have to get to a balance somewhere. In meditation, it fits well to me. In multifamily, in my business, it fits well. Because can I do more? Yes. There's no limit of doing anything. You know, you get the more I do, the more I realize I have more to do or how little I'm doing. So it fits me well and it resonates with me all the time. I, I'm not trying to repeat it again and again, but uh, I live with that. I think that's a, that's a good mantra that others can look at as well. I think that's an excellent way to... To wrap up, what's the best way for people to get hold of you, Prashant, and, and find out more about what you do? You go to my, my website, myrealtygains.com, and uh, you know just put your email address, uh, and you will start getting my emails or schedule a time with me on my, my website. Okay. That's, the best, that's the best way. Wonderful. Well, we appreciate you taking the time today and sharing some of your thoughts and uh, meditations as well as marketing. And uh, we, uh, we wish you a fantastic day. Paul, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And I apologize that we had to reschedule a couple of times, but uh, finally we made it. That's what is more important. Exactly. Thank you very much, Prashant. Thank you, sir. Well, what did you think? Was that fantastic? Did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business and real estate personal brand? So what's stopping you? Get to it. And if you're wondering where your real estate personal brand currently stands and some steps to make it more brandtastic, you can download our free real estate personal brand checklist at reibranded.com forward slash checklist. That's reibranded.com forward slash checklist. Thank you for listening and have yourself a brandtastic day.